poppin' the Christian bubble. It is now time for the Cultured Christian Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is sponsored by independent financial planner Adam Peak. Join us as we provide commentary at the intersection of culture, tech, and faith. That's what you think about this next section? (laughs) (laughs) On this part one of my conversation with my old friend Scott Donnelly, we talk about a wide range of topics like sports, podcasting, stand-up comedy, cancer. We look at Loki, NYPD Blue, and we share our thoughts on WWDC, Apple's biggest event of the year. Lots and lots of other fun stuff here, so sit down and stay tuned for this episode 35. All right, as I said up front there, we are here with my buddy Scott Donnelly, and you are in for a great episode today. We're going to have a lot of fun. Just We're seeing this as you guys listening in to a conversation among friends, and you'll see uh, very quickly here why I am connected to this awesome guy, Scott. And that's one of the things that uh, I love about this podcast is I've been able to introduce you, the podcast listener, to friends of mine who I've met through the years in various stages and cities. Yeah, that I've lived in in my life. And so Scott is one of those going way, way back to, gosh, I think I was probably around 18, 19 when I first met this guy. So we have some history. And uh, so let's welcome Scott. How's it going? Pretty good. You were only 19 years old. I think it was around 1920 <laughs> years old. Oh, I thought you were going to say the year 1920. I think it was in 1920. 19. I met Scott back in the, uh, you know, the flapper years or whatever they say. So but, you were, uh, so you were, how long had you been going to, can we talk about the church we went to? Is that allowed? You can say the church, man. We went to Northridge and yeah. I started in 1997. My first day was the first, you know, day in the new building. How so old that's, were you when you started going? I was 16, going to be 17. Okay. So you got involved with the youth when you were 19? I was 18 when I started working in the middle school youth ministry there. Okay. Yep. Okay. So did we meet in oxygen or something like the, the college no. and career group? No, I think that, um, one of the things was, unless I'm crazy, isn't it funny that right when we start recording, one of my dogs decides to bark. An idiot. <laughs> it's all good. It's anyway. the pandemic, man. <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic. No, that's just, that's just life at the Donnelly house. Um, yeah. I was trying to think, I think you also were going to William Tyndale College. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, I'm try- unless I'm crazy, I think that we, I knew that you went to Northridge. I had seen you because I was working in the high school ministry. And then, so like when they would have like, uh, you know, cause the guy who was running the ministry at that time, like if he had like a meeting of all the like people that were helping mm-hmm. out or whatever, I can remember that I knew you through that. And then I saw you at Tyndale and of course I was like way older than you. So how old are you way, right now? Way older. How old are you? I'm, I'm 40. Okay. Yeah. So I'm nine years older than you. I'm going to be 50 in February, but anyway, I, so I, I, I was going, I was back at college because I had stopped going to college. Oh, man, I was going to say probably for a good six years or so because I I got into radio. 
So I was working mm-hmm. at, I started out at WMUZ. You remember <laughs> WMUZ? Yeah. What was that? What was that gal's name? And there, Robin you, did Sullivan? you work for Mark? Yeah. Robin Sullivan, Mark Gilmore. Was that, who was the first guy? There's two guys that I know. No, there was Susan Cruz and I don't remember the guy's name. Susie Cruz. Okay. They were in the morning. It was her and this other guy. Um, and Robin Sullivan was on in the afternoons. Al Cresta was in the middle. He did like okay. a talk show. Remember that? So those who don't know, this is a Christian station in Detroit. All the Detroit, like a huge, like it was like the biggest Christian music slash talk station at the time. So I started. I went to Spex Howard School of Broadcasting, and then I started. That was my first job, was at WMUZ, and I was so excited that I was going to work at a Christian radio station. And then Mm. I got there, and I found out that. not not everybody <laughs> shared my morals and Christian values at a Christian radio station. Ooh. The people that were on the air were all like really super sold out, like pretty cool people. Real. Yeah. Yeah. But the rest of the station was a was an eye opener to say the least. And okay. of course I was at the bottom, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole. And you, and I was working in production. So I was making the terrible commercials that you, if anybody remembers WMUZ, I was helping make those terrible commercials. And since I was like the lowest man on the totem pole, there was only two studios to do commercials in and I had to wait my turn. So usually I was there from about eight in the morning until 11 or 12 at night, waiting, waiting Mm -hmm. for my opportunity to get my work done. So it was a lot of late nights, but it was cool. I learned a lot. And, uh, and eventually I just walked out one day (laughs) after like a year there, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And my boss was like, what? And I go, yeah, I can't, I can't do this. Uh, Thanks for everything that you did for me. And he was like, cool. Thanks for the memories. Then I walked out. Is that when you went over to the Wedgwood where we worked together? I think you got me that job. Yeah, I did. And you, (laughs) it was like pure hell for you. Uh, Yes, I admit that. I I worked for the little tiny AM Christian station after that WCM. And then I also did some stuff at a college radio station. I was the program director at one point there. And then I also did traffic reports for AAA, <laughs> hmm. which was Didn't fun. Know that. Yeah. You get up at like 3.30 in the morning because it was for the morning, you know, morning yeah. drive stuff. So you'd come in and you'd read all these, you know, think about how long ago that was. It wasn't like, you know, the internet was not as huge as it is now. You can't just like you type look your on phone. your phone. Yeah. Right. So I would give these little reports. You just do reports for all these stations all over the country, all over the country, all over the state of Michigan. Now, what does Christian traffic look like? Did you it wasn't say Christian like, traffic. we're, we're praying, just regular we're praying over the cars? <laughs> Listen here. Hallelujah, everybody. We've got a backup on uh, I-94. Pray for the car that's in the ditch, please. May the Lord have mercy on their souls. No, we did you, not you do did, that. You did say uh, AAA. Yeah, it was AAA, which is okay, crazy, Okay, so let's right? jump. Let's jump ahead to the when we worked together. So we worked together. Oh, sorry. Were we talking about when we used to be in youth ministry together? Yeah. At-risk teen home. We worked together. I was only there for six months. Oh, my gosh. It was a rough experience. Yeah. 
and Scott was great at the job I and I was it. not as great. Did we, we didn't work many shifts though. I think you worked like no opposite shift. You had like the cool shift and I had the <laughs> crappy shift cause I was new. No, we, everybody had to work evenings. I think you, did you ever do overnights with that? Well, yeah, there was like a rotation, right? Every once in a while, you'd have to work the overnight, which is terrible. That it was because you were part-time. I didn't have to do overnights. Okay. Because technically, they, they made you think that nothing will happen overnight. You'll be totally nope. relaxed. That's a lie. You'll be totally that relaxed atmosphere. Um, put the kids to bed. Yeah. And then they, that's when all the bad stuff happens. Bedtime. The deviants. Yeah, it was it was the thing that I loved about that job, and I want to go back to really how we met and stuff like that. But the thing I did love about that job is you were you had a very small group of kids that were really like in a bad place, like you know, just like had had really bad things happen to them, really bad family situations. They were in that facility for you know, usually it was like a court ordered thing. Sometimes the parents would bring them there, but they were in a bad way. And it was really cool to be able to have a relationship with a kid that's, I mean, they're kind of a captive audience, right? It's not like they were stuck there. It was basically like prison without prison. Lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good. But the people that, you know, as it is in a lot of jobs, the people that don't work with the kids hands-on every day, made a lot of stupid rules that made things very difficult. Yeah. Uh, but I really enjoyed the kids, and there were some cool people that we worked with that I enjoyed. I don't know if you had as much fun with people as I did. but No, I, as, as you're talking, I'm recalling it's, it's similar to youth ministry in the sense that there are people who are all about relationships and people who are all about rules, right? Yeah. And so if you worked with people who are all about relationships, it was a fun shift. Yes. They enjoyed their time with the kids. Yes. And then there'd be that one person who's like, she broke a rule. She's in trouble. And then it would blow up the whole like. We're probably thinking they- about the same exact person. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. Yeah. Yeah. There were some people that were like it. It's always bizarre to me, especially when you're working with like human beings, when you're so strict on the rules and they were like, well, they need to learn the rules. And I'm like, yeah, but dude, your whole life, you can't abide by the rules every second of the Mm -hmm. day. Give them a break. I mean, so yeah, you're right. The people that you worked with had a big, big impact on the shift. And just so people understand too, what made it very difficult was at that time in Michigan, um, you were allowed to restrain the kids. And that was, it was hellish. I mean, it was a bad, mm-hmm. and if you're a dude, cause you were, we worked with a lot of women, guess who ended up having to put hands on these kids. It was not fun and it's traumatic for mm-hmm. the kid. And it's just, yeah, it was a terrible situation. So in, in that manner, it was not fun because if somebody did one thing and a kid went off, the whole entire group has to live through that trauma. That's the worst part, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, yeah. what do we have? Maybe like 13 to 15 kids at a time. Yep. But that was anywhere from like 11 to 18. So they're, you know, developmentally at yeah. different places. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was intense. I wasn't kidding. When I was there six months, I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like I'm super stressed every time I go to work and just, 
it it is the violent i'd ever had that i mean it just it freaked me out when these yeah. kids would throw a chair or just you know they <laughs> right. go from zero to white hot angry in yeah. a second but they just and, didn't know uh, how that, to deal right i mean that was yeah. they'd gone through a lot of stuff but the thing that i'll always remember how i think that we first kind of really connected was we went on like a the youth leader at that time took the middle school and high school people to was it young national youth workers something like that what was convention yeah but that's where we kind of connected a little bit because uh i think there was one person that that was pretty involved in your middle school ministry i'm not saying names of people on purpose but i think you know who it is a husband and wife uh we kind of connected with them cheryl and i my wife and then i i got to meet you more over that weekend and we laughed and goofed off and stuff like that so that's how it started that's where it all started where it all began um yeah so let's get to know you a little bit more so you you alluded to your wife there you're married to cheryl who's an awesome woman you Uh live in the detroit area now but you recently you had moved back to detroit you grew up in detroit you lived somewhere else for a while and then you just came back talk a little bit about that journey yeah we moved away from michigan in 2007 i think to ohio of all places oh my gosh um (laughs) it was a good ohio was a good experience because of the people that we knew but it's not where I wanted to go. And then uh, eventually moved down to South Carolina in, what has that been now? Man, it's been a while. We think we were in Ohio f- until, it might have been like 2013, 2014. Any which way, moved to South Carolina, had a, a friend down there that I grew up with in high school, loved the weather, loved the place. And then uh, Cheryl's brother got sick um, he had stomach cancer and some other stuff going on. So we decided like, God just kind of opened the door. We felt like we wanted to be closer and everything just kind of worked out. And, uh, so we moved back what'll be almost three years ago this fall. Uh, he ended up passing away, uh, Mm. almost two years ago now, but we got to be here for a year and be with him and stuff like that. So, I mean, listen, do I want to live in Michigan? It's always going to be the place that I'll consider my home. Uh, All my family lives here. All my wife's family lives here. But I don't like winter. (laughs) I'm going to go on record and say that. Uh, I do like warmer weather, but, you know, God has a purpose and a plan, and he made it possible. So that's where we are. We're here. And uh, we live really close to my brother and his kids now. So that's pretty cool Uh, because we don't have any kids. We've been married for 27, almost 28 years coming up. Or is it 27 this year? I can't remember. Pretty close to that. So you don't have kids, but you are a dog daddy, right? How many dogs you got? I have two dogs right now. So nice. Yep. Yeah, I do love the dogs, but I'll tell you this. And anybody who has a dog knows this. The one thing that's kind of a bummer is like when you want to go do stuff, nobody wants to watch your dogs. It's a real pain in the butt. I hate it. We used to have people um, in, in Ohio that would be like, they'd come and stay at our house while we went away and stuff like that. But here, like I said something to my parents, because we were thinking about going to South Carolina and uh, I was like, dad, why don't you guys watch the dogs? No. I'm like, Dad, please. No. 
So no. <laughs> they have no interest. I've done my part. I've raised you, son. <laughs> well, they they used to take care of our dogs all the time when we went places, but apparently now, you know what it was? They got their uh, wood floors refinished. And, you know, when uh, you're old, that's like got the wood floors refinished. Can't have dogs <laughs> on your floors. Scratch them up. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Yeah. But anyway. So you, a couple other things about Scott you guys need to know is he is the perennial Detroit sports fan. You love every sports team in Detroit. Is that is that fair? I mean, you, you're you one of the few friends I know who still loves the Lions after all their <laughs> I'm one crap. of the idiots that still follows the Lions, yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm a huge Lions fan, and I, I, w- I would say I used to be more of a Red Wings fan, but over time I've grown to love football more and a U of M fan. I'll watch the Pistons a little bit because they're in a rebuilding phase and it's kind of fun to watch. I'm not mm. a huge basketball guy, I'm not going to lie. And baseball is so far down the list. The Tigers, <laughs> I mean, I'm one of those people that likes to keep up with what's going on with the teams. Yeah. But like, have you ever tried to watch a baseball game? It's long. It's it is long. It's brutal. Like the time it takes just for one guy to get through his bat uh, at bat, you're just like, they do this 182 <laughs> times a year. This is freaking yeah. brutal. It's like 162. I think I'm wrong. I'm mixing up 82 games is either the NBA or the N- NHL. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like for 160 yep. games, each one of these things is like over four hours at times. You're just like, kill me this is the most boring yeah. how is baseball america's pastime mm. it's boring. It passes lots of time <laughs> <laughs> it sure does that's it it's one of those things though if you go to a ballpark it's fun right oh yeah that's yeah, what i've always said i'm not a sports guy everybody knows that but i do like going to to the uh games and stuff they're a lot of fun yeah so so yeah, if we ever have a cons- a sports consultant on the podcast, I feel like you could definitely <laughs> definitely do that. You you fill up my Twitter feed with all the sports stuff. It's the only time I see sports. Is That's when the you're only thing I can and- follow on Twitter because if I follow politics, I'll lose my mind. Mm. I used to be a di- <laughs> listen. I'll tell you, I'm probably eight to ten months politics free. I mean, I know what's going on, but I used to be. Yeah probably an idiot about politics and i just decided i talked to god and he was like yeah you might want to take a break on that and i was like yeah i think you're right (laughs) so i did and i feel good it feels it feels good not to be entangled in that especially i think because it gives you the opportunity to actually have relationships with people although people love to talk about man they love to share their opinions about politics yeah it's very difficult so than ever yeah um, a couple other things. You are a podcast host. You've been on a few different shows. You've done a few different things. Why don't you share some of the stuff you've done? Like you did one on beer, right? Like beer and cigars. <laughs> we and We had a show. This was way, way back when I was in South Carolina. Um, for some reason, I just was like, I want to learn how to smoke a pipe. And so I went on YouTube and watched some videos of people and I found out there was this little community of people on YouTube that smoked pipes and I got connected with these people and eventually three or four of us, well, it was four total. Um, we just got like, we had a really good relationship and 
we said, man, we should do a show where we pair tobacco, <laughs> tobacco pipes with different beers. It was so dumb, but we called it the beer and backy show. And it was pretty mm. fun, man. We had a, we got invited to some pipe shows to do like a live, you know, podcast and stuff like that. It was pretty fun. And then that yeah. blew up as they all do all the, you know, eventually the band wants to break up. And so we did. And mm. then out of that, I did uh, Hey, We're Talking with two of the guys that I knew from the pipe community. And then, of course, that blew up. And then not long after that blew up, I found out I had cancer. And then I got that stuff taken care of. But at, after I had thyroid cancer, so after I had my thyroid removed, my voice was weird. Uh, so I'm just getting back to... Uh, starting to do stuff again. I have not done anything for like a year and a half. Um, mm. And I had all sorts of problems when, if anybody's had thyroid issues, they'll, they'll understand this. Your thyroid, it, even though it's just this little tiny thing, it does a lot of stuff in your body that um, I start, I, my wife was like, you sound like you're drunk. I'm like, mm. what? It, it really slowed me down cognitively. I would have a lot of trouble uh, speaking and saying stuff. And plus, after they removed it, it lays right on your vocal cords. So they tell you going in, you know, you might, we might cut your vocal cord or do something to it and you might not talk. And I was like, geez, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for that. But <clears throat> yeah, it's light. You know, it was good. God, you know, took care of everything and I'm good now. Um, but it took a while. I'm still kind of, you know, you got to get your medication and everything working the right way. Cause when you, when you, when your thyroid goes away, like I said, it affects a lot of things in your body. And of course you gain weight. Cause, uh, after you have the surgery, you have to like literally just let yourself go into, uh, what they call hypothyroid, but like mm. very bad hypothyroidism. So I had just lost all this. That's the other thing. I had just lost all this weight. I lost like 110 mm. pounds. And then <laughs> I had to wait six months. Uh, and of course, I got fat again. Mm. Fatter. Yeah, that's not fun. No. This is really fun, Kurt. Aren't you enjoying hearing about cancer? <laughs> I was planning on going there, but you you brought it up nice and early here. So um yeah, that that was good been a journey for you. Cancer free. Yeah. Found out uh probably it's been maybe like a month or two now. Had a an appointment, had to do special blood work and stuff like that. And everything's good. Nice. And, uh, Is that the kind of thing like other cancers, like breast cancer and stuff? Will you have to go back yearly to make sure it's not like, does it return or is it because they took it out? You don't have any chance of it coming back. Well, basically what you're doing is with the thyroid cancer is the, the thing they're really looking for. Is there any thyroid tissue left? Like I didn't have to do chemo. I did a, um, it's called a radioactive isotope. You, you swallow this pill basically that's radioactive and it's, you do a diet where you, it has to be, you have to eat foods that have no iodine in them, mm. which again, you would be surprised to know almost <laughs> every food on the planet has iodine. It's crazy. Weird. There's a lot of, there's a lot of foods with iodine. So basically you do this iodine free diet for two weeks and then this radioactive isotope 
your thyroid uh, sucks up iodine. Okay, so the idea is after after they had removed the thyroid, people are going to be like, "This is the most boring conversation." But anyway, <laughs> after we need a drop here, <laughs> we do. <laughs> after they uh, take it out, you know, you can't get every little last drop of thyroid tissue out of your body. So what happens is that radioactive isotope then goes to that that stuff in your where the thyroid is and it kills it basically with radioactivity because the there's iodine in it and so you're if there's any kind of stuff left from the thyroid it's like oh cool iodine we haven't had this in two weeks and then it sucks it up and kills it all uh, so that's basically what happens dude. and you have to you have to after you take this thing you have to stay like cheryl couldn't be in the same room with me the dogs couldn't be in the same room with me because i'm radioactive really yeah and they, they, you have to shower in different rooms. Like, they were like, do you have another shower? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, she has to go to that other bathroom. And if you guys use the same toilet, you got to wipe it down with bleach and all this kind of, because they don't want them to get radioactivity on them. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? That's like you live in Chernobyl or something. <laughs> yeah. But it's not that bad. I mean, dude, of all the cancers you could get, I'm going to be honest. I mean, it still scares the crap out of you when you find oh, out. Oh, yeah, it's the C word, man. When I, heard, when I hear that, I just freak out. Yeah. Oh, I did too. I was just like, mm. you know, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to die. It's over. Mm-hmm. And then you find out, you know. And, and thyroid cancer, the type that I had, is a really super slow-moving cancer, and it's very treatable. And obviously the treatment is they just remove your thyroid, and then you take a... Uh, hormones to replace your thyroid uh, function and then you're good. But it takes a while to get all that stuff dialed in. But dr- going up to that point was, oh my gosh, yeah. stuff that happened uh, leading up to finding out that I had the cancer was pretty crazy. A lot of people will, that guy from, I think there's a guy on HGTV or something like that, that did the show with his wife. They got divorced, but they would flip houses basically and some huh. viewer wrote in to him and said, hey, man, I see you've got this kind of bump on your neck. You might want to go get that ch- checked out. That's probably thyroid cancer. And he found uh-huh. out he had thyroid cancer. Now, From I a viewer. Yeah. Now, wow. I didn't, I didn't have a bump, um, but it was, it gets like, I had like calcification on it and stuff like that. It's kind of like a butterfly. This is the most boring. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Everyone has left Let's- now. Okay, I had cancer. I'm Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> and that is a great segue to the only other point, unless you want to share more about yourself. But I, one thing I love about Scott and why I think we're kindred spirits is I've always said the best of friends are those that you can be belly laughing with one minute and having a deep, authentic conversation the next. And I think, Scott, you, you're the epitome of that. And I've always loved that about you, that you're just, you can go super deep like we just did and then jump right out of it and talk about hilarious things. And so you are a comedy lover. You and I both love stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. You're the one friend in my life that I've actually seen do a set. Mm-hmm. And I admire you for that because I, for probably 15 years now, I've had that little voice inside that's like, you should go somewhere and do stand-up, like an open mic night somewhere where no one knows me. Um, but you did that and, and, and did it for a while. And so you're, uh, you're, you're a pretty funny guy. So I don't know what you say there other than, yeah, I'm I'm hilarious. um. (laughs) No, I don't know. I, I will tell you this, Kurt. I think if you did it 
Yeah, you know, I don't know. It depends. Because you're, I think in some ways, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, I think you might be a little more uptight than me in some ways. <laughs> but we oh. both have our uptight areas. I think areas, everybody yeah. does. But I could see you, because you're like a super planner, aren't you? Yes. Like I'm fly by the but, seat of my pants kind of a person. So um, yeah. getting up in front of a bunch of people and not knowing what I'm going to do in some ways is like a, a rush for me. But yeah. the first time I did an open mic, um, I came home and it was probably like I got home because it was in Royal Oak. And I drove home. It, I think I was like 45 minutes away from home. I drove home. And Cheryl's in bed and I, it was probably like one or two in the morning, you know, and I was like, mm. I've never felt so good in my entire life. <laughs> like it was great. I love it's that. a drug. I've heard it's a drug, you know, it's doing it's stand a lot up of is fun. a drug if it's yeah. The thing that but. the thing that I remember, though, about that thing you came to and tell me your I want to hear your recollection of it. But I invited this guy that I had done stand up with in Detroit. It was in Ohio. And I was like, let's do a comedy show because I hadn't done I hadn't done any since we moved from Detroit. And so I invited this guy that I had done stand up with in Michigan, and he was a pretty nice guy in some ways. But, you know, it was interesting. Anyway, he came down there and he brought his girlfriend with him. He had been married, mm. brought his girlfriend with him, and she was his opener, quote unquote. And it was freaking brutal. I mean, it was unbelievable. I think like her first <laughs> joke was about being raped. Do you remember that? Oh, wow. No, remember? I don't. It was uh -uh. so bad. The whole room was just like, oh. Uh, wasn't it at, wasn't the one in Marysville at a Mexican restaurant? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 I set it up because remember Josh? Yeah. Josh, his yep. friend owned the, the restaurant. And so okay. we, we like set this thing up. We were like, Hey man, would you do a comedy show? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. So I, I asked these people cause the guy that I knew he's, he was funny. He also was just, I don't know, man, he was not great either. And I had only prepared like little tiny things. Cause I was just kind of emceeing. Yes. Yep. And after the girl went up, the whole room was just like it it felt like the entire room had basically been like, all right, that was great. We're going to get out of here. <laughs> so I just got up and I just started like winging it. I started telling yeah. stories from my childhood growing up and people were really laughing. So I just yeah. I had fun with it. And I feel like. Not to toot my own horn, but I feel Dude. like I saved the I saved the evening because it For was sure. it was like the Titanic. It was going down. We had hit an iceberg and it was not good. So you were the violinist with the uh out on the on the deck playing. <laughs> but it was <laughs> a fun night, man. Down. It was a fun night. It ended up being okay. And then I think we stayed after uh Yes, that's that's what I like the Taco best. I remember at the we had Taco Bell and we drinks. We were, we were we had a lot of drinks and a lot of Taco Bell, and it was like three a.m. when we finally went yeah. home. But yeah. but yeah, that that was the night I saw you, and then I also saw you with the improv group that you did in the Detroit area. So I've seen you at least twice, a minimum of two times, doing comedy, and you yeah. are a funny guy. Yeah, improv is probably I loved that. 
that was a lot of fun doing sketch comedy stuff, especially again, because it was, there's no prep. You're just like yeah. saying stuff off the top of your head. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Cause I, and the funny thing is the way I got into that was if you remember the pastor that, uh, ran the, the like, uh, it would have been like college and career, but it was like older. It was the Gen X ministry. Yeah. The, per, the like 18 to 45 year old, they didn't have a back, they didn't <laughs> no, have a back was, number. No, they had the start. Yeah. There was no, uh, <laughs> it was just like, Hey, did you graduate high school? Oh, you're on your third marriage. Okay. Come on in. Come on. In. Um, but, but it was pretty fun. That was fun too. But his wife, uh, was involved in second city in Detroit and she oh, told right. me, yeah, now I'm, I remember. Yeah. She told me that they were holding auditions and that I should go. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to get into that stupid thing. Are you crazy? And, um, like literally I'm talking 45 minutes before the audition start. I started, I looked at Cheryl and I was like, I think I should go. I just feel like I'm supposed to go. Mm. And I got in my car and I just raced down to downtown Detroit, uh, right across from Comerica park. Uh, and parked my car in the little parking garage, ran in there as fast as my fat body would go and, uh, <laughs> tried out and I got, and I got in. So it was like a, it was called the conservatory. So it was like a program you went to, I mean, I had to pay, but you did have to try right. out to get into it. Like a learning, you're like in a learning group. Is yeah. that what it was? Yeah. It was like yeah. the conservatory was a way for you to get into the actual, they had like a traveling troupe of people that did improv and then they had a house group that did like improv every night and did sketch shows and all that stuff. And then I got to do, did, is that the thing you came, did you come to the sketch show or did you go to one of the ones when I did it with those other guys that I met at second city? The other guys, the 94 East 94 was that what East. it was called? Yeah. What did you yeah. always say? You made fun of it know. every time I said, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 90, I'm going to start 94 West or yeah, something. I yeah. don't know. Well, you don't want it's to go a freeway on for my listeners West. who don't know. It is a 94 is a freeway in Detroit. So and 90, if you went on 94 East, you'd eventually end up in Detroit. And that's as far as you could go. That's it. Mm. Well, I think you can still go North and stuff, but that's anyway, it's deep. deep. Shut up. <laughs> he used to say every time he would do that. So Kurt, if you don't know Kurt, which why would you be listening to this? I'm kidding. If you, if you know, Kurt, <laughs> You know, he's kind of a pain in the butt sometimes. And so what he would do is he would call it 94 West. He's like, so how's everything going 94 West? And I'd be like, dude, it's 94 East. And this is before I knew what a jerk he was. And the other thing he would do is talk about my dog and he'd call her Sadie all the time. My dog named Ellie. He goes, oh, I heard Sadie in the background. I go, idiot. Her name is Ellie. But he did it on purpose because he liked to annoy me. Yeah, it's the button pushing. So you can get mad at me for pushing the buttons or yourself for uh, having buttons. There yeah. you go. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun. Let's uh, let's get into some of our topics because and that's the introduction. I really feel 35 minutes in the introduction that's is finally it. over. That's 100% the introduction. <laughs> um, but we warned them this was going to be a conversation. So yeah. I don't care. We're going to we're going to go long time here. Okay. Um but uh, yeah, and so the podcast listeners know we talk about culture, tech, and faith. And I think, again, Scott is um, into all those. 
And so I wanted to get kind of his thoughts on a few things and obviously hear what he's thinking about stuff as well. Um, So in the culture realm, I just started uh, last week. Loki came out on the Mm. Disney plus that I'm borrowing from a friend. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I'm not an actual subscriber, Mm. Um, but Loki dude, it is awesome. I Mm. honestly think of the, what are the other ones? Uh, Falcon winter soldier. And Mm. what was the other one that came out? the these the tv shows anyways i think it's the best it is the best that i've seen of the disney plus marvel shows just really it feels like movie quality and i'm just totally digging it so i literally last night watched week two they're doing the weekly releases Mm -hmm. um which part of me likes because then we're all on the same page why you know like when people talk about it but i also am a binge watcher i i miss the days where you could just binge watch a show so that's yeah so what do you think about loki have you been watching it is the other one called wandavision is that what you're thinking about yes yep it was terrible i did didn't, not get into that didn't one watch at all. that one either uh well where do i begin on this loki <laughs> first of do you all you not like marvel films do you like the marvel series yeah <sighs> Part of my problem is this. They all kind of follow the same recipe, don't they? You know, basically, okay. isn't there some bad guy that comes along? They blow up like entire cities uh, trying to defeat him. And some of them, they all die or a bunch of them die, get evaporated. <laughs> turned that was into one dust. end game. Yeah. Yep. And then they come back somehow, except for some of them. Freaking Iron Man. I mean, the best guy. Freaking. He's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, so Iron Man, I would say I enjoyed because, you know, I like Robert Downey Jr.'s character. I could not, my wife loves the Thor movies, and I mm-hmm. cannot stand them. I, I'm not a big fantasy sci-fi person, so it's very difficult for me. I, when the first, back in the day when those first Marvel movies came out, like when Toby, his name Toby McGuire? played spider-man i think so spider-man yeah those were incredible because that was like the beginning nothing like that had been around for a long time and i was like oh my gosh these are so fun and Mm. then it was just like disney and whoever owned marvel was like oh boy we can make a lot of money off (laughs) and now they just make like a million of these movies and tv shows and you're just like oh my gosh So I didn't Mm. read comics as a kid, so I'm not into all that kind of stuff like that. But Thor was difficult for me because it feels like a period piece because they're all speaking English and they and it's like this. They they feel like they're from some kind of Renaissance era world and stuff like, do you know what I'm talking about? Like really old, like they're knights and stuff. I That's kind of stuff. I kind of like it because it's 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 not completely science fiction, right? It's based in like uh, Vikings and stuff, right? Norse. Mm -hmm. Is it Norse? Is that the word? Theology? I don't know. I don't know. know. But yeah, Thor's real, guys. He's real. His hammer. Nor's <laughs> hammer. Real, yeah. dude. And the funny part is, aren't they going to make uh, the girl that was in Thor? Isn't she going to be the new Thor? Like the new character in the Thor movies? The one who went to like, remember she was really a bit, 
this is bad. I need my a, wife because she always a bad knows the words. Names. No, she's <laughs> no. She went to like some Ivy League school. She was in the Star Wars movie. She was Queen Amidala or whatever. What's that girl's name? I don't Come know. on, Kurt. Everybody, no everybody listening right now is yelling her name at at the speaker. <laughs> hey, but you haven't even seen Loki, and you're getting on me for some third rate character. <laughs> third rate she's like really <laughs> she's really well known i'm gonna look it up while we're talking but uh loki i understand why people like him um he's funny he's got that's the sense of humor he's one of the com- com- comedic guys in the show that's yeah. why i don't i'm surprised you don't connect with him he's very funny i'm gonna give it a try because i think cheryl's gonna want to watch it because she actually talked to me today she's like are we ever gonna watch loki and i was like oh my gosh so we'll there are worse see. things to sit through. You're a guy who watches the lions and you don't want to sit through an hour of Loki of Marvel <laughs> entertainment. Come on. That is kind of funny. That's a good, that's a good thing to say. I understand why you say a nice that Natalie Portman. Okay. All right. She's going to be the new Thor, I think. And these new, Interesting. in the new movies. Why is, uh, did the, the real Thor die in Endgame or something? What happened? I think I, so again, not a spoiler alert, but after watching Loki, I watched some YouTube because I'm similar to you. I'm not a comic book guy. And the people who know the comics, you know, have a lot more opinions and there's Easter eggs and a lot more things they're drawing out. Some of our listeners, I'm sure like that. Uh Um, But I don't know that, but I saw that there is in the comic books, a female Thor. And I don't know the relationship or how that works itself out. Is, is he dating her? Is he related to her? Is it it him changing genders? I don't know. Thor love and thunder is coming out in 2022. It's the sequel to Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Okay. She's going to play the character that she was in Thor. But I'm wondering if she's Jane Foster and she's going to be Jane Foster slash mighty Thor. Chris Hemsworth is in it, though. So interesting. I wonder if he'll be fat Thor again or if he's going to be. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I like fat guy. Thor. Chris Pratt's you know. in it, too. Star Lord's going to be there. Russell Crowe is Zeus. I definitely liked the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy a lot better than I thought I would. Now that's that's a fantasy kind of Star Warsy one, but you like Chris Pratt, so did you get into that? He's really funny too. I enjoyed that because it was funny, yeah. And I like Chris yeah. Pratt. And the I know you're not music. supposed to like Chris Pratt anymore. He's problematic. Canceled, <laughs> cancel culture. He needs to be canceled. We need a cancel drop. There's like whenever somebody that's supposed to be canceled, it just canceled. Like there's just a. I'm really cancel hoping. Drop. I'm really hoping when it comes to cancel culture that people will, because I'm starting to see people do this. I'm really hoping that pretty soon people are just going to be like, no, I'm not canceled. And just go on with life. Just deny it. I don't know if you saw this, but the, what was the uh, Winter Soldier? What is it? What's that one? Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier. The guy, Anthony Mackie, who's in that. uh, He and what's the guy? What's the guy who's with him in that? What's his character name? Hawkeye? No. He was friends with Captain America, and he was bad. He has the robot arm. <laughs> yes, I know who you're talking Bucky. about, but I'm trying to... Bucky. Isn't he? Bucky. So Bucky, you know, all the the people... It's not all the people. That's the funniest thing about it. But they're like, we want them to be gay with each other. So Anthony Mackie mm. came out the other day and was just like, dude... 
you know, guys can have like a close relationship without it being sexual. Yeah. And he said it it degrades those people that are in love homosexuality. It degrades homosexuality for you to just want people to become gay in a movie or a TV show just because it'll make you feel better. So I thought that was nice of him to say that. Yeah. I don't completely agree with everything he thinks, but I think it was interesting mm-hmm. that he came out and said that because they, they've been doing that with a lot of, and when we say they, we're talking about like that Twitter mob kind of group of people who just like, yeah. these people need to be gay. And you're just like, why? It doesn't even yeah. make sense to the story. If it made sense to the story, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, Anthony Mackie okay. came out and told everybody to stop. Shut up. They're not going to be gay for each other. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. So if you're not watching the Marvel stuff, what are you watching these days? What are you into? Um, I started watching some old TV shows. Um, I started watching NYPD Blue because I did not watch that when I was younger. And it's a little racy. It, start, mm. it came out in 1992. And um, my dad said something about watching it. And I watched it and I was like, my dad is watching this filth because usually, so there'll be like, it's kind of got the same model of all these new crime shows where, you know, they're solving a crime or there's a couple different crimes that the detectives are taking care of. But in the, at the end of the show, usually there's some kind of romantic interlude and dude, it is for 92. It's like Cinemax. It's crazy. Push the envelope for there sure. There was butts and breasts and like shadows of things and <laughs> really, really like nothing's left to the imagination. Let's put it that way. And it was on network television. This was on like yep. ABC in 1992. And it, and I remember everybody going, oh, did you watch NYPD Blue last night? Dennis France showed his butt. And you're like, what? So, yeah. And that didn't happen back then. So that was like crazy. And it, and it's very very, <laughs> they show everything, dude. It was crazy. So so aside from the filth, are you enjoying the show? Like, the, is the crime element? Are you into true crime at all? Do you ever watch like Dateline or Twenty Twenty no, or no. none of the Netflix stuff? No. You know what I end up doing is a lot of times I'll find something, and if it's somewhat interesting, I just let it roll in the background while I do other stuff all day. So like I'm mm-hmm. watching quote unquote, but I'm not. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like you just yep, find 100%. something. It's like, you know, I've watched The Office a million times, but it's one of those things like if it's on Comedy Central or something, they're doing a marathon. You just let it roll in the background. All right. For the sake of time, let's move on to tech. I want to make sure we talk about WWDC because that is the big event, one of two big events for Apple uh, each year. You and I are Apple guys. And so I thought we could kind of go over our thoughts on. Can you hear, can you hear what that? What is that noise? <laughs> is it a bee or a fart? <laughs> That's what you think about this next section? <laughs> Did I send you that video of that guy in Walmart and stuff? No, but please, please Yeah, do. I did, didn't I? <laughs> you don't remember me sending that to you? <laughs> I wanted to show you my latest tech. It's a little, it's called the oh, pooter. Oh, he's showing, he's showing me a, is that yeah. the pooter? Yeah, the hand <laughs> thing. So do you, do you do that in Walmart no. and stuff? <laughs> but, but it's. 
It's provided me with hours of entertainment. I got it because I have two young nephews and I can't wait to use it around them. I need one for my middle school. Oh, they'll love it. Okay. Speaking of, we, we may cut this section out, but uh, (laughs) we'll see. We'll see what makes it in the final cut, but moving on to WWDC. Did you have any, let's just start generally speaking. Did anything stand out from that? I mean, WWDC, for those who don't know, worldwide developer conference, Apple tends to uh, talk only about software and it's like a preview to what we're going to get on our our iPhones, our iPads, our Macs in the fall. So from now to the fall is the beta period and they, they work out all the bugs, all that stuff. So we hear about it. What's coming. Did anything stand out to you? Are you interested in any of the stuff this year? They always do a good job of making you think it's going to be really awesome. Um, But I don't, I got to be honest with you. The, when I watched it, there was some stuff that I was like, I didn't watch the actual event. I watched people summarize the event because the last, we used to, you remember when we used to actually watch these things and get all excited about whatever was going to come out, like sit there and like, and this is back before they would show them on video. We would like look at the updates on, I don't remember what sites it was, but we would sit there and then we would type back and forth and tweet. Oh my gosh, do you see this? This is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's the nature of the internet and cell phones now is that it we used to come to these things before we didn't have any of the leaks. And and I've heard from people who work at Apple that they actually now leak things to test and see how people respond. But yeah, I think you're talking about a very small window where like, yeah, they would come to the announcement on the stage and we had no idea what was about right. to happen. I think nine out of ten times you already know kind of what Apple's gonna share. Generally. Um the thing that I yeah, the thing that I was surprised by, and I don't think anybody had leaked, um, to me shows a, a new thing, a new feature was on the Mac called uh, Universal Control. Did you see that? Where like you can have your iPad or yeah. your iPhone sitting next to your computer and literally just slide the cursor to the edge of the screen and it like hangs there for a minute and then it bounces over yeah. to your iPad or your phone. That's wicked cool, dude. And and you people are like, well, what's the point of that? Well, the point of that is you can drag files. Yep. You could be like, oh, I need something from the iPad, and you just pull it to your screen. That's so cool. The only so thing cool. that I would say about that, and I did think that was interesting, is <clears throat> Apple continues to – they keep holding on to keeping the iPad from becoming really a full-on laptop computer. And I think they need to stop. I think they mm-hmm. need to just, I know that they want to make money on laptops and iPads and it, it makes sense for their business. I get it, but let's be real that, especially that new iPad with the M one chip, it's so powerful. It's, it's probably better than I have like a, <laughs> I have a 20, I'm showing you, I think I have a 2018 screen. MacBook pro. And, um, I would say it's probably, I would say it might have more computing power in the new iPad M ones. They have more power for computing than, than I have in my 15 inch MacBook pro from 2018. I ended up getting, um, an M one Mac mini, uh, for doing podcasting and editing and all that kind of stuff. And it's dude, it's amazing. It's so fast. Mm. But 
I think they just need to allow the iPads to just become a computer because it's, it's, it's good enough to do it. And what they need to do to make that a reality is for people like me who use, you know, even, even if you're on like final cut or whatever, if you do heavy video work, they got to make it so that some of these things can be used by power users. Cause if it, if the iPad is a pro quote unquote, um, why shouldn't it be able to edit video and do stuff like that? I mean, people want something that's compact and easy to use. And there's so many people that would love to edit their videos and stuff on that. They have a, uh, there's an app called Luma fusion that a lot of people use, but like me, I have final cut pro. I'd like to be able to do stuff on my iPad. So when they do something like go, Hey, you can drag that. Cause they even said in the thing that I, I remember watching, you can, you know, do something in Photoshop on your, on your, uh, MacBook or on your iMac and then you drag it over into your iPad. Now I know you can do Photoshop on iPad too, but what I'm saying is they need to just make it so that you can do these things on the iPad. That's what people want and they won't give it to us. They keep coming up with ways that you can use your iPad with other products that are Mac products. That's great. We all love that. We know that that's part of what Apple does, but they need to just get over it, man. Let us use the iPad the way we want to use it. And I don't think they're going to do that because they still make money off of laptops. I think it's money, but I think the other aspect is, and I would push back that I think different devices having different software, um, it's, it, to me, it can it can water down the experience. Like if you try to make an iPad a Mac, I would argue you kind of lose some of the great things about the iPad. Like it's just, it muddies it when you try to marry these things together. Mm-hmm. So I hear what you're saying on the pro apps. I think they're coming. I really do. I think you're going to see all these big name apps um, eventually once they figure out the M1 platform. But Kurt- but I don't, I don't know as I want my iPad to be a Mac. I think there's a line of demarcation. In the same way, let's draw it out to your phone. You don't want Mac on a phone. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want your phone to run a Mac or well, run Mac software? You're saying that, but look at the way what they've done with Mac OS over the last couple of years. It's closer and closer and closer and closer to iPad OS and iOS. Everything they're doing to the operating system on the Mac is coming closer and closer to what we're experiencing in iOS and iPad iOS, iPad OS. By the way, why is there an iPad OS? It's so dumb. Just make it iOS. Anyway, (laughs) um, I think that we're headed in that direction. There's going to be a point where these operating systems are all going to come together as one. There's no doubt in my mind. They have to. They have to do it. Yeah. Well, it was, it was limited by the hardware in the past, but to your point, if they're all running the same chipset, you know, you make the case, but you get into display technology, audio, all that stuff. There's a lot of different things that are connected to these things. That M1 chip that's in the iPad, it's so overkill for, for what the (laughs) iPad is. Yeah. Um, Because it's the same, I think it's the same chip I have in my Mac mini or pretty close. Um, yeah. You just got to start to wonder, okay, guys, we get it. It's more powerful, but who cares if it's more powerful if it's not 
doing something that we want it to do. You, if you have all that power, let us use the power is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think they will. I think it's the future proof. You know, this is going to be out for a year or two before they do another one. What did you think about iOS 15? I mean, to me, there was really only three things that I recall that were big news. The first is the focus profiles. Do you Did you catch yeah. that where it's like, now, now your do not disturb will actually have like a home function, a work function. You can create a custom one and basically let text messages through from yeah. somebody. You can turn the volume down. You can run shortcuts and things. Do you think that has any? Yeah, I uh, like that. Any? Does In that fact, excite you? I like yeah. the thing that I liked about the the do not disturb things that you could do the focus or whatever they're calling it. The thing that I liked a lot about it was, you know how you have a person that will text you and text you and text you and text you and text you until they break you down and you finally go, okay, what do you want? <laughs> um, yeah. I like that it'll send them a little message to go, hey, he's unavailable right now. I liked that. That was really yeah. cool. And I think especially if you're a person who really wants to have like a demarcation between your work life and your, you know, regular life and kind of stuff like that. I think that's probably really helpful and it's probably really healthy too for people um, because the age yes, in which yeah. we live, man, you can get, you know, if you're the type of person who has struggles with, you know, breaking away from work and having a normal life, I think that's probably pretty healthy to be able to do that. Now, will if you if you're if you're a workaholic, are you gonna are you gonna in, enable that? Probably not, but it would be it would be helpful if you could help yourself do that. I think it's pretty healthy. So I liked that a lot. The other thing that I I don't know if you're gonna talk about this, but I thought was really cool was being able to have people that are Android users or Windows users or whatever they are be part of FaceTime now. You can like basically give them a link mm -hmm. yeah. and they can be in a chat with you, a video chat. I think that's pretty cool. I think that overall, I wish Apple did more of that, um, allowing people, you know, just imagine if they somehow made it uh, that you could do iMessages on an Android phone. Like, just think about the number of people that would be excited to do that. I think it would open up the possibility for some Android users to see, like, what makes Apple kind of cool. I use both. I've used both phones. In fact, I have a Google pixel five right now um, that I just play with. I, it's not on anything, but I like Android also um, stock Android. That is, I do not like, like that's the issue with Android. We could get into a huge talk about this, but the point is I think <laughs> that, yeah, there are things about Apple that I think most people, unless you're really, really, really a techie nerd who likes to have complete control over every aspect of what you're doing, I think most people, just regular people, would enjoy the Apple ecosphere better uh, than they would an Android. I think people get used to Android and they, they learn to like it. But there are people that love Android because they love to be able to tweak every aspect of every single thing they do. Yeah. But Apple does a good job of making sure everything works together. And I think if they opened up that possibility to Android users, I think they'd get more people. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you talk about how you go back to the origin of the iPhone and, you know, Google phones 
and they both started at different ends and they're coming yeah. together. So like Apple or Apple started with a closed system. They own the hardware, they own the software. You had very few choices. Like you have to use this browser, you have to use this messenger app. Like it was very closed. But the benefit of that is your experience was seamless and fast. And you know what I mean? Like you never ran into a battery drain because an app's like freaking yeah. out. Like the more, the more closed in they had control over it. You go to Google, which I too have had though those phones as well. They started from an open source. So all these different phone manufacturing hardware uh, could use that open source um, yeah. software. And so now I feel like they're coming towards Apple. They're coming this direction, trying to make their system less crazy and more yeah. uniform. Like people, you get on a Samsung phone that's not stock and it's like you literally have four camera know, apps and four messaging apps. And it's like, for older people, it's like, what the hell? How do I find, you know, like they don't, what do I right. use here, Timmy? If you're getting it's your, it's like, that was the benefit of the iPhone is that you knew yeah. what the messaging app was. Cause there was only one freaking messenger right. app. Like so, if you're going to get your, I don't know, I've get come, your parents a phone, like, especially for our age. So like our parents are probably, your parents are probably close yeah. to 70 or in their seventies now. Right. Are they close? Late sixties? Um, okay. Mid sixties. Yeah, yeah. So when your parents get up into the late sixties, early seventies, you don't want to have them have an Android phone unless they're super tech savvy, because yeah. like, I still get calls from my parents about their iPhones. Just imagine if they're like, I yeah. think someone's got something on my phone. It's been ransomed. And you're like, Oh my gosh. Like, what did yeah. you press? I don't know. That's, that's my, yeah. my nightmare. Well, that, that illustrates that illustrates my point though, is that even iPhones have gotten really complicated. There is so much in those yeah. setting menus now that, you know, they, they trick, you know, one thing, and that's something back to iOS 15, they announced the share, uh -huh. share screen that I'm actually really excited about, you know, living 2000 <clears> miles away from my parents, I really do want to help them with yeah. the tech stuff. So now, as I understand it, just like a support help can access your phone, you'll be able to give somebody access to see your screen. I don't know as we'll be able to do anything hopefully not because people could hack that <laughs> right but um that that'll be a very helpful thing yeah, to help that's you half know, the parents battle, or just right? when you're talking to them and they're like yes. i can't get my i hate this cloud thing how do we get the cloud to work <laughs> and i'm like oh my gosh you're like what screen yeah. are you on and then you try to walk yeah. them through the steps and they try to get ahead of you that's the thing that kills me is when i'm talking to my dad i'll be like okay go to your settings press this. And he goes, I'm on this screen that says this, what is it showing dad? Like you can't see it. And so you're like, gosh, dang it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that'll be good too. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, you know, the iPad gets better multitasking anywhere widgets and quick notes. Those are the big things there. The uh, watch, it was total math. Yeah. There was like, I can't even think of, they they said you can get it photos, better looking Ooh, photos as a on my watch wrist? screen. How exciting. Thanks, Apple. I can look at my dog <laughs> right. on my wrist. You can look at although Sadie. I <laughs> although I do really like, uh, I was using a, a Pixel, uh, Pixel 3 XL before I went back to iPhone again. And part of the reason I went back is because the watch is just so, oh my, it's so much better than anything that's on yeah. Android. You know, I will say this, all these things that you're bringing up, one of the things that always comes up, 
And if, uh, if you are somebody who watches like YouTube videos, uh, tech YouTube videos, you probably know who MKBHD is. He did a whole entire thing about how people always are like, yeah, whatever Apple did, that was already on Android, <laughs> you know? And you're like, yeah, but again, just like we've talked about Apple, what they do is they don't always have to be on the cutting edge of what's happening, but what they do is they take something that like maybe has been on Android for a couple of years and they perfect it and make sure that it fits into their system and won't make their system bad, right? So that's yeah. kind of all this stuff that we're talking about, generally speaking, has already been on Android devices, um, but not as together as as it's going to be on Apple. And just just like you were saying earlier, the Samsung phones, I've tried Samsung too. I can't, I can't stand it because it's not stock Android. Mm. It's just filled with all these Samsung apps. And you're just like, I don't even know. Just like you said, there's like 12 different apps for one thing. And you're like, Oh my gosh, it's terrible. And you're not going to run into that on an iPhone. And I think that's what makes, makes people much more likely to spend a little extra cash to get into the iPhone world. Well, we're going to wrap up this episode today because believe it or not, my conversation with Scott went on for another 45, 50 minutes where we discuss things like electric cars and the simulation theory that people are believing in today. So you don't want to miss our next episode. Episode 36 will drop with part two of my conversation with Scott Donnelly. And if you like what you heard today, be sure and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. As always, we hope you enjoyed this and all of our episodes on the Cultured Christian Podcast. Like and interact with us on our Instagram and Facebook page. And lastly, if you have feedback or topic ideas, email us at culturedchristians at gmail.com. And we look forward to seeing you in the next one. <laughs>